Welcome to the new Flesh podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. I am here with my co-host Jesse Hassinger at Rock Marooned on Twitter. Uh, we're here with our frequent guest, our our guestest with the mostest. I don't know, uh, Louis <laughs> Peitzman, who has been here shepherding us through all of the Chucky films, all three Child's plays. Ride of Chucky, Seat of Chucky, uh, the upcoming Cult and Curse of Chucky. Louis Peitzman, thank you for returning. Thank you for having me for this journey. Yes, and we have a first-time guest, a friend of the show, a friend host. Hello. Uh, say hello, everybody, to Laura Jacobs. Hi, everybody. Hey. Everyone <laughs> said hi back. The audience all said hi, hi <laughs> back at you. Yeah. I'm waving, but no one can see me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lewis is a like a, in what, what do we say? Ethereal form? Co- I'm in a liminal space is what's happening. Ooh, <laughs> you can find Lewis. Uh, follow him at liminal spaces on Twitter. Yeah, and- <laughs> I'm glad that you added that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're here today to talk about Seed of Chucky, uh, a movie that came out in 2004, despite the fact that Don Mancini wrote it. Uh, immediately after Bride in 1999. And it was actually in pre-production for a minute before it got uh, pulled off schedule for reasons we can get into in a little bit. Um, I would just love to know everybody's relationship with this movie in particular. Uh, Laura, since you are, uh, you know, our new guest, why don't you go first and tell us your relationship with Seed of Chucky as well as the rest of the franchise? And horror in generals, whatever you just just go. Wow, wow. Okay, let's start macro and and then zoom into Seed of Chucky. Uh, I like horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) Good start, good start. Yeah, I mean, I don't make it like, I don't think I try to devote more time to it than any other particular genre, but I absolutely love the playground of horror. Um, Chucky... That little that little guy, um, little stinker. He's something. Uh, I remember, you know, like becoming aware of him very early on because he's a, he's a slasher that little kids can really grab onto for obvious reasons. Um, I think Bride of Chucky came out when I was like six years old, and I I, I do have like a memory of like the like bus ads being everywhere and that kind of like captivating me. Like I just took it as pure horror and not like as any sort of like camp value. I that, that was over my head at that point, but you know, to me, he was just a scary doll. And I believe at some point, you know, I, I went to like universal studios and, saw somebody dressed as Chucky, like go through the legs of, of an unsuspecting uh, visitor. And that freaked me out. I would have hated that to happen to me. I feel really bad <laughs> for we, that. If 
if we could see Lewis right now, his eyes would be lighting up because he I loves mean, the universal up, horror I mean, aspect. We're trying to bring up Universal Studios in every episode because I feel <laughs> like it's so essential to like Chucky being part of the pop culture canon. Like they totally. sort of made Chucky iconic. Um, anyway, sorry. Go back to back to your story. It's not a story. I mean, yeah, I I just saw it happen in front of me, and yeah. I I can't do. Like since then, I was like, I don't want to do haunted houses because it involves so much of like actual people, like trying to like get your fight or flight response going. And I'm just like, I'm scared. I'm gonna like kick somebody in the balls or like, you know, like I, I am yeah. scared that I'm gonna fight back in a moment of weakness. And if I just, I feel like if if somebody just went between my legs like that, <laughs> I would. Uh, it, it it really. Yeah. I really have a strong memory of it. You'd be forcibly <laughs> removed from the premises, perhaps. I, it would just, I, it would get my heart going, and I don't, I don't need it like that. Um, yeah. I, I, and uh, so, in terms of actually like seeing the movies beyond pop culture or ephemera, um, you know, I, I Bride and Seed were like on HBO a lot yes. when I was in like middle school and high school. And that was like the TiVo era for me where, um, but I don't think I ever recorded them. I think I would just come channel surfing and catch bits and pieces because in preparing for this podcast, you know, I, I, I watched Bride and, and, and Seed and um, kind of realized that they were like first time watches like all the way through. Um, I have like definite memories of some set pieces in both, but but I, I right. don't think I ever sat down and watched the whole thing. And in terms of the other movies, in the last like three to five years, like you know, October comes around, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll check out you know, Child's Play three or or, or this or put something on. And so I've kind of like slowly accumulated uh, the entire franchise. Um, my opinion of them is, uh, yeah, I'm not that big of a fan of the first three. I, I think they have some good ideas, but that in execution, they're they're pretty dull. I mean, I think they have like, yeah, like two good ideas, like sometimes like a good set piece. Obviously, Child's Play 2 has the uh, grand finale. That's, that's yes. fantastic. Um, but it's pretty boring before that. <laughs> it's like, uh, and then around Bride, when Mancini starts to really incorporate um, camp and 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 overt queer uh, themes, uh, I think it really takes off in a really fun way. And I I adore Seed of Chucky. I re I really I think it's I think it's a great movie. So I, I will be here as if if you guys don't think that I, I'll be here as the defender. Well, <laughs> thankfully. I know, I know, I like it, and I know Lewis likes it. Jesse's the only one I don't know, but I have a feeling. Yeah, I have a feeling Jesse's gonna like it. Do you want to? I mean, I well, actually, I want. We should go to Jesse because I do want to. Now we're all dying to know his reaction. <laughs> I know this is gonna yeah, be so anticlimactic. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy. Um, I can say actually, the kind of most interesting thing about this movie and me, because there's not that much about that's interesting about my relationship with this movie is that I believe until the remake, it was the only Chucky movie I had ever seen in a movie theater, which for you younger oh. folk is not that weird, 
but for me as an old 40 year old person like i could have seen some of them at least um but yeah. c is the only one like, i went to go was, see this was the first one i saw in theaters <laughs> yeah yeah that's my that's, dad famous yeah. <laughs> um, there's famously. so much ejaculate in this movie <laughs> <laughs> is it the most ejaculate you've seen in a movie with your dad or just overall i mean probably not overall um but. You know what? I saw American Pie with my dad. I feel like there's there a lot of ejaculate cum in that. that. There's a fair amount of cum in American Pie. Yeah, yeah like that movie has some cum. Um, I guess it has a little. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be thinking of cum movies in my head good, now. Good, you keep good, good. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, I took my my then girlfriend and now wife. Uh, thankfully, uh, went to see uh, scary movie. <laughs> Big cum scary. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's great cum scene. That. Really great cum scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We so I made her go see Seed of Chucky with me because I had caught up with Brad on video and liked it. And so when Seed of Chucky came out, I was like, Yeah, we got to see this shit. And she had not seen, I maybe she had seen the first one or parts. No, she's seen like parts of the first three, uh, you know, sort of half attentively. Every every October on AMC, exactly. They, you, they, if you're a certain age, they just have like at least a few bits of them. You know, she knows three is the one with the military academy, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of took her into Cedar Chucky without her having caught up with Bride. And uh, like, I, I, yeah, I really like it. I, I, you know, think of it so much as a companion to, to Bride. And at the time, I probably would have said that it was better. Uh, watching them again cl very close together, like successive days, like I watched Cedar Chucky this morning. <laughs> it's a nice get up, crack a dawn type of movie. Mm -hmm. It's a real nice morning movie. Um, yeah. I didn't know if I liked it more than Bride, which I really enjoyed a lot on rewatch. Um, I think it has some of the same kind of like, you know, qu quick, quick and dirty messiness of of Bride, and some of and a bit less flair. And what we talked about the last episode with the directing of. Uh, that Ronnie Yu does in in Bride. Nothing against Don Mancini. He has, has definitely like has some energy for this movie. Yeah, that, that it's works a, really it's well. a day. The things working against Don Mancini here are that it's his debut film. It's the it's by far the least expensive Chucky movie. They made it for twelve million dollars in Romania, and because <laughs> they did it in Romania, wow. they did the like. I forget what it's called, the European UK back lease, uh, sales lease back deal, which meant that 65% of their budget was spent like on the UK or uh, within the UK. Like their post-production was done in the UK. All their key production heads were English. Every actor that's not a principal, if you noticed, was English. Or, and most people are just straight up English. Some of them are doing bad <laughs> American accents. I, I didn't, didn't know that, but that explains some things about the opening scene. Yeah. Yes. I mean, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Glastonbury, right? Isn't that guy, isn't he in Glastonbury? Or no, is that something else that I just watched? <laughs> is, 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 the, uh, the, the, I think you're right. I think, right I think he's performing the puppet, the puppet yeah, that's routine right. and, yeah. in Glastonbury. With, with Shitface or whatever. Yeah. When he's yeah. named Shitface. Yeah. I will say, like, when I first saw Seed, it was also a question of, like, you know, I had seen the first three in bits. I'd seen the first one all the way through, I think, uh, the other ones in bits. But I was, like Laura says, like, it was a big feeling of, like, oh, they finally figured out what to do with this series. Like, now, having rewatched them, I kind of have an appreciation for the series as a whole. But at the time of Seed's release, I felt very much like they should have just done child's play and then skip to bride <laughs> and not done the two horror slasher sequels which now i kind of especially too i do kind of like um but at the time i remember feeling like oh yeah this is what it should have been like as soon as you're done with the first one you go to you should just do bride and see which are uh, like a, their own cool thing lewis i know you're yeah. chomping at the bit 
<laughs> I mean, I you know there's a maybe some chewing at the bit. I, <laughs> um, I yeah, I saw Seed of Chucky probably when I was doing my first watch of the series and like rented them all. Like I don't really remember seeing it before that. Um, I didn't entirely get it at the time. Like I got it, but I also feel like part of the issue for me was that. I was a baby gay and like a little like confused about the politics of it, confused if it was like offensive, like not kind of sure how I felt about it in the way that I felt about a lot of things back then where I was like, this feels like maybe subversive, maybe offensive. I don't really know how to like, you know, parse that out. And so I think that it was only seeing it later and also like knowing more about Don Mancini and his intention with the movie and like, you know, appreciating it more in that context that I really was able to like, you know, start appreciating it, it, it more. And um, watching it now, I, I really think it's great. I mean, the only thing for me that's aged poorly is the Britney Spears joke, um, which, yeah. is, which like is also like a pretty, it's not really about Britney Spears. It's just like Chucky hates pop music In, insert pop culture reference here right which it, like we talked about in pride they cut the joke about him making fun of the spice girls and hansen because they right. couldn't get the rights or like they couldn't get the band to agree to it or whatever uh -huh. they're lost can which, i can i say about the britney please. spears joke? yes i mean it it feels very like scary movie for level yeah. yes a comedy but i don't think it's very funny but I do like the like spirit. It feels like you're at like a drag show and they're just like randomly pulling out these <laughs> kind of like bad taste pop culture references of the day. And I just like, I'm not laughing, but I'm like, I'm still in the like spirit of the thing. I'm still like happy that this is happening. I'm like, that this is this like crazy movie just keeps going on into new directions. And it just, it feels, it, it, it fits with like, obviously the, the the more meta stuff that's going on. It's like, okay, anything can happen in this movie. He can just kill a, a, a pop star. You can kill, kill Red Man, you can kill Britney right. Spears. Um, I also, as a, as a fan of, well, I'm, a, I'm an Ed Wood fan who like can't really sit through his movies because they're hard <laughs> to sit through. Like uh, yeah. I, I appreciate them and I, I have seen Glenn or Glenda. It's just like, it's, I'm looking up how long it is because I remember it feeling very long. It's only an hour and 14 minutes. So that's Glenn or Glenda or Seed of Chucky? Glenn or Glenda. Glenn or Glenda. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Very but, both are very short, in fact. But um, yeah, no, I mean, all to say, I really like it. I also like feel like I've met so many more queer horror fans over the years who really like it. And that, you know, kind of as I was growing up. I don't know, being my 20s, that counts as growing up, like gave me more comfort to really like kind of embrace the movie and appreciate what it's doing. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it. For sure. Um, I'm trying to remember what I thought of it when I saw it as a 13 year old in 2004. I'm more interested in what your dad thought, frankly. I know, we should <laughs> honestly get him on the, get him on the <laughs> we could get him on the phone, but I could tell you how it would go. He would say, <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing that movie with you. Uh, he doesn't have the, the movie specific memory I have that I'm sure most of you guys have because we're all movie fans. And like, I can tell you where I sat when I saw Godzilla 98 with my mom yeah. at the mall. I can tell you I saw Seed of Chucky at the Crown Theaters in Niles, Illinois. Um, 
I could tell you what theater it was in. I don't know the exact number, but I know where it was. I remember having to go to the bathroom during a scene and being upset. And God, I can't imagine the conversation. I hope I hope I went to my dad and was like, hey, what I miss? And he had to be like, <laughs> fucking uh, Chucky was jerking off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just hope that that happened. So, so Tiffany had the turkey baster full of cum. <laughs> Um, I don't think my 13-year-old brain comprehended any of the... I don't think I knew Don Mancini was gay. I don't think I knew what queer cinema meant as a thing. I watched this as a Chucky movie only. And as a Chucky movie, it's honestly one of the best. Because if you're, if you're into Chucky movies for like the gore, this movie has by far the most gore the most obscene gore every kill is like an exercise in how far can we do this and uh, how far can we go with this and that was a, obviously a choice that mancini made because this the violence in bride was more stylized as we know it was more stylized, just, but we, as yeah. we were saying like bride also amped it up in terms of making things bloodier after kind of yes the the kills in the original are very sort of like uh a more classic slasher like you know there's there's some stabbing but it's not like gratuitous and then bride amplified it and then seed gives us like steaming intestines when you pull out macro view yeah I, by the way love that the intestines are steaming they steam for so long too they just keep <laughs> steaming ah i was gonna say something about when you zoom out in the macro sense what were you just talking about ah i'll cut the it's gore okay. gore steaming oh when you zoom out in the macro sense uh the gore uh i forgot i was gonna say we'll move on that was really good you can edit something later yeah i'll edit something genius in there oh Um, nice these are the reaction yeah oh Oh, (laughs) thank you that makes sense well that's so smart brad wow Uh, somebody save me! What else? Where? Where can we go from here? What were we, we talking do, about? We just do a plot and yeah. Let's it. let's let's talk about what happens in the movie and talk about it. Yeah, that that that's a novel idea. Um, <laughs> so this movie picks up what six years after the previous film with Glenn, the son of Chucky and Tiffany, having a POV Halloween style nightmare sequence. Uh, in which he murders a little girl's parents. Uh, but, you know, we don't know it's a dream until the big reveal at the end that it's a dream. And in reality, he's living a very embarrassing life of abuse as a ventriloquist dummy in England. Uh, he's being called shitface by his uh, ventriloquist guy and in Glastonbury. Uh, you're right. It was the International Ventriloquist Competition in Glastonbury. Jesse knows it. He's been. I've been. I've just always wanted to go to. I mean, not now, probably less so. But because I guess, of the, as a teenager, the, music ve- the music venue, right? Yeah. I've, well, the the festival of of in Glastonbury, uh, I've right. always wanted to go to, and it loomed large in my imagination as a as a teenager. Please excuse the sirens outside my window all the time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> now, Brooklyn, now maybe <laughs> that's right. Now knowing that I could not have not only have seen like Pulp and Blur, but like. Chucky or Chucky's son or Chucky's child, excuse me, doing ventriloquism. That that's even better. I really now I really want to go to Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. So Glenn is like locked in a cage, and well, then I believe very briefly talking about the the murders. 
and yeah. that's thing. Yeah. You, yeah. You crossed over the, the kills, and I just wanted to point out that, like, there is um, a shower murder that's like that yes. ends with her slipping and falling, which I think is amazing because uh, I really like the ineptitude of the dolls in these movies. Yes. And obviously, uh, there's more going on here, but I just, uh, I don't know. I like the shower uh, failed murder that ends in murder anyway. It's so interesting because it also is so much more uh, like a, you know, regular slasher stuff than than chucky really has been like even you know they like throw in gratuitous nudity right before the kill like and it feels like uh like the fake movie and blow up yes exactly yeah yeah. it does uh, yeah and the whole the movie has like some gent some vague dress to kill vibes in Mm. (laughs) in weird ways Don Mancini would say not vague. He mentions oh, Dress to Kill on the commentary a billion times, as oh, well nice. as Brian De Palma in general. And he says he went on a quest to find Pino Donaggio to get him mm-hmm. to do the score for this movie because he is his favorite composer from all those his favorite Brian De Palma movies. So this movie is steeped in De, in De Palma stuff. So Laura, I'm glad you brought up Blow Up. Yeah, as a right. Reference. And there's a fake one in uh, Body Double too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's he, like right. a vampire. I, yeah, I there's all kind yeah. of dream sequences in general, like murderous dream sequences, classic De Palma. That's, that's right. a good point. Right. And then, you know, obviously Halloween and, and Psycho in and there Psycho as well. There. Yes. And, and and kind of like the original um, Twilight Zone episode, you know, that, that with that kind of like POV. Well, the pitch perfect like family in that big house, and ah. they're kind of like they're very buttoned up and English. Yeah, and yes. uh, contractually mandated English. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wondering men- about that. Yeah, I didn't mention it makes with no sense. <laughs> It doesn't. Yeah, Mancini says that. Uh, or basically Tilly is the one who says like um, Mr. Positive Spin. He, she calls Don Mancini the master of justification because at <laughs> first they were all doing bad American accents and then a day later he was, he'd was he be like, I don't see why Tiffany's assistant can't be English. I don't see why this person mm-hmm. can't be English. They just ended totally. up giving it all up. But uh, in Bride of Chucky, everybody's Canadian for the same reason. The movie was made in Canada and it's called Canadian content law. And everyone, I, f- I think it's actually a lesser percentage than this intense 65. I think it's like 45 or 50. But that's, that includes crew and cast that has to be Canadian. So for this movie, uh, I know for Bride, I was talking about uh, they had to do it. But for this one, that means they had, they, uh, presumably they had to do it then too. But I specifically listened to a commentary with the puppeteer who talked about how hard it was or how risky it is. They're like, we're going to England and we need like 12 puppeteers. And we just mm-hmm. have to gamble and be like, we hope these guys are talented because we can't bring our bring our own guys. So it's God. just weird. That's weird budget stuff that I find fascinating. I it's always that- a gamble to work with the English. <laughs> English puppeteers. <laughs> Will we um, never learn? Yeah. I do I do appreciate that like the Bride of Chucky, I don't even think I realize the Canadian thing, but I love hearing Canadian Tilly's accents. Canadian, I think. Oh, well, that makes sense. But I, I love hearing Canadian accents in movies because, like, you know, a lot of, like, Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies will have a lot of Canadian actors in them. And I just find that charming, especially if they have really strong accents. It gives me that uh, there are many brilliant Canadian actors. This is not a knock against them. But there's something about uh, made-for-TV movies with all Canadian cast that I really appreciate. And so maybe that subconsciously kind of 
has made me like bride more over the years. Because <laughs> it's got a little closer to like maybe a Degrassi actor would appear, even though exactly. it's the wrong era. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know the exact. Uh, I feel like they cut back to Chucky first, but like Glenn sees a preview of Jennifer Tilly playing herself. Jennifer Tilly in the world of Seed of Chucky has a new horror movie coming out called Chucky Goes Psycho, which is based on the Kincaid's encounter with Chucky and Tiffany uh, on television, um, including Chucky and Tiffany dolls rebuilt from their original remains and realizes that he is their son. Uh, Side note about Chucky Goes Psycho. Uh, That was another pitch that they had um, before they settled on Seed of Chucky. Like when the studio said, nah, Seed of Chucky's too gay. What else do you have? Uh, the idea he had was, uh, basically they describe it as, I know what you did last summer, but set at the Psycho House. So it's, there are a bunch of teens partying at the Bates Motel and they run over Tiffany and kill her. And then the movie is Chucky getting revenge and killing everybody. Uh, and that was the Chucky Goes Psycho title idea. So they ended up just making that a joke title within the movie. But don't you love that idea? It's fun. It I, love t- I love I yeah. love Tiffany so much. So to like, yeah, I guess that Tiffany, does Tiffany dirty. But yeah. I I do like the idea of like Chucky, like kind of using Chucky as like a slumber party massacre esque series where you can just like go into different um, genre like genre trappings, uh, which I think he eventually does with like curse and cults, you know? Um, right. Uh, but, but I'm really glad we have this. I mean, that, that sounds like a good idea. I know he wants to do like a, a nightmare on Elm street crossover too. Right. Yes. He wants, he wants <laughs> it all. It all. He, <laughs> he also wants Chucky to fight like Jason or Freddie or whatever. Like he, yeah, I think he's open <laughs> to keeping Chucky <laughs> In the icon of horror status, for sure. The um the thing about the Chucky Ghost Psycho also is like you know in Bride we get these Bride of Frankenstein references, and here we're getting a Psycho reference. Uh, Glenn also has the Norman Bates moment uh, about hurting a fly that happens uh, in the scene before that. So I I feel like there's like obviously these are very intentional uh, nods, and I like that we get the Psycho mention uh, for that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Can uh, we and talk I would about be, the, please. Sorry, the, the fake out of the movie. Yes, the, the Santa killing. Go yeah. ahead. And oh yeah, it. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's, well, it's so surreal because it's like it's this Christmas graveyard set that's like very clearly like uh, a studio set in a way that the series really hasn't allowed to be that like expressive uh, in its set design uh, before. Yes. I mean, obviously, the the, uh, the toy factory is is fun in its own way, but it you know it 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 looks like an interior. This it, is this, out- yeah. This <laughs> looks like a slick produced thing. Yeah, it's it's right. an exterior that is obviously like painted backdrops and and that's like it's really exciting. Um, but it, it, that it turns out to it, it makes sense that it turns out to be like a, a fake out movie scene. But uh, that it's just kind of, that there that Mancini's just kind of able to do uh, these little experiments, these like formal experiments with like the POV dream, dream sequence and the, uh, the studio set 
the more like surreal studio set with with Santa Claus and everything, and find justifications in in this kind of like again, it's, it it has a very anything goes feeling to it that I really love. Absolutely, and doesn't it make you wish that we got a Chucky Christmas movie? Because like even Mancini said, someone asked him that question, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, Chucky's a doll, so like it makes sense that there'd be a Christmas totally. movie where you know." There's a Christmas setting and people are like like jingle all the way, but with Chucky. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! Actually, I can't. I can't imagine that very well because uh, jingle all the way is a horror movie unto itself. Yes, <laughs> Sinbad <laughs> would yeah. come back in this version. Yeah. Uh, so after that reveal, that's revealed to be a movie. Chucky and Tiffany kill this Santa guy, and it's actually Jason Fleming, who's a actor you might recognize from horror movies. And other stuff like uh, Deep Rising and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. And I think he's one of the buttons in Benjamin Button. Um, so, like, he's playing, you know, himself, much like Je- Jennifer Tilly is playing herself in this movie. Um, so, we'll, uh, we find, or basically, Glenn escapes, right, from like his evil ventriloquist guy. And, yeah, and so, do I remember? Do I remember correctly that they allied how he gets from Glastonbury, England, to Los Angeles, <laughs> which is he fine. Himself. Yeah, he, yeah. 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 <laughs> I just would love to see him on the little journey there. He's right. such a cute little. Well, you, know, you get that one shot of him running down the street, which is really great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just, I love how we're introduced to Glenn Glenda as this very like Pinocchio figure because yeah. I mean we spent so much time with these. Um, maniacal killer dolls to like have to have this series kind of uh use glenn glenda in this in this very innocent way is is like a really fun uh avenue to explore it's just like yeah very clearly like whatever that the the that scene that that sequence in i pinocchio that's like i got no strings he's he's like he's trapped he's He's uh, doing awful one-liners. You know, <laughs> it's a right. fake ventriloquist show because it's amazing because he's he's alive. Right. So Glenn and Glenda finds himself in Hollywood in the prop room of Chucky Goes Psycho, which has the dolls that he saw on TV, and he uses the voodoo amulet to bring them back to life, and uh, uh, they're back to life. And I believe I, I, yeah, I mean they, they don't spend a lot of time on that, which I appreciate because, like, as Chucky said in the last movie, like I'll be back. It doesn't really yeah. matter what you do, and it's just frankly easier to skip ahead to Chucky mm-hmm. and keeping alive. We also like, you know, Tiffany was burnt to a crisp, so it's like they must have really scrubbed that doll or like repainted. Oh yeah, the- no, I feel like the implication in this one is that these are two new new fancy fangled dolls that they're using for this movie, you know? They had to have been the, they had, I I thought that they were, they found them and refurbished. Yeah. I think they do say something to the effect of that they were made from, you know, whatever (laughs) the remains or whatever of the dolls, which is a really ghoulish thing for a a horror movie to do. Um, But I guess they don't know for sure. They're coming from the point of view. No, I totally, I totally missed or forgot that that, a line (laughs) like that happens. It's important to the, it's important to the lore. 
It's just like the lore of the movie has always been that. So like, I love that they didn't just go, yeah, these are two new dolls, whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I had thought that they did that. So hearing <laughs> that they didn't do that, it's like, oh, okay, cool. They made it work. I think uh, they I offhand think... it on the news thing that, that, that Glenn sees. Oh, with the, the, the that's Entertainment a, Tonight style yeah, thing. That's a British person doing American that actually kept their American <laughs> accent. <laughs> Um, Chucky faints, I think, at the reveal of his big I know, child. I, I do. I love that Chucky is more shocked to have a child than he is to be brought back. Than he is to have been brought back to life, which <laughs> makes sense, as he as he notes, as Lewis notes, that he's 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 used to it. He expects to come back at this point. There's that great line in um, Curse where he's like, "Come back! I always come back." And but dying is such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I think he says that in Bride, right? He yeah. says that in Bride. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically they get him back to life and then they see this puppeteer guy who's actually played by the puppeteer of this movie done, Tony Gardner, who did this the only movie that doesn't have Kevin Yeager doing the puppets, and that's because Kevin Yeager was off doing Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. So they couldn't get him. So Tony Gardner's in it. He plays himself here. And he gets decapitated with piano wire in a scene that is pretty great, the way the head flies off and the camera work follows it. Oh, but and but the... before, before that happens, though, I just wanted to bring up, because we talked Please. about the, uh, the uh, I don't know, the anatomy of these dolls, like the fact that they're kind of a little bit human and it's like a little unclear depending on which movie you're watching. Mm -hmm. But we do get the puppeteer before he's decapitated opens Tiffany up and sees her beating heart. Yes. Uh, which is gross and great. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Always. He kind of like has a slowly evolving like human, like he's turning more and more human. But like, I, yeah, I like this is just like, they're, they're there. They have inside yeah. parts. <laughs> yes. I feel like, yeah, the first movie really does a lot to be like, okay, they're turning human. Look at this doll, get more human. And then mm -hmm. after that point, it was just, yeah, there's human elements in there. Right. Well, as we, as we discussed in the, in the, uh, the, la the last movie, like Chucky at some point uh, grew a dick. <laughs> yes. Is Brett frozen yeah. for everyone? Brett's frozen. <laughs> like, is for, this when yeah. we learn? Okay. Is this oh. when we learn that he is peaceful yeah, and doesn't want? Sorry, oh, you were... Laura, yeah. No, Laura you were, was frozen. You were frozen. Is, you were frozen. Oh, you were frozen. I was frozen. <laughs> oh, sorry, if yeah, you want to... It's me. You it's were frozen for a frozen. while. Okay, great. You're unfrozen. Okay, great. Um, all I was saying was... Uh, so is this where we learn that Glenn is like a peacekeeper type guy who is like... Basically, he witnesses Chucky and Tiffany kill this guy. And after they kill him... I told you, his head flies off in a great way. Blood spurts out of his neck in a really fun, practical way. And then the dolls covered in blood start making out because that's how they get horny for each other is violence. <laughs> and yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> and Glenn, Glenn or Glenda, witnesses this and is like mortified. Can't believe that this is like, you know, his parents. Uh, so Glenn asks them while they're like riding home in a limousine, uh, he asks them why they murder people because he feels violence is bad. And Chucky tells him it helps them to relax. And, <laughs> but like, and like, this is obviously what Mancini's going for here is like, 
you know, this is the satire of family dysfunction where violence is used as a metaphor for addiction, whether it be cigarettes or alcohol or whatever it is. In this, it's killing. So Tiffany wants to kick the habit. Chucky doesn't. That's the conflict. Also, Glenn being there as like a peacekeeper who can't believe his parents do this. That's another layer of conflict that Don Mancini thought would be like a fun wrinkle because like he doesn't want to keep making the same movie because he know he fell into yeah. that trap with two and three. He's like, those are basically the same movie over and over again. So Bride is a step away from that. And then Seed is a step away from that even further because Seed or Bride satisfied both comedy and horror fans. And Mancini, at least as he says it, Seed is where he loses a lot of the horror fans. Right. Well, the, the other element of this that we haven't touched on yet is that this is when uh, Glenn slash Glenda's gender confusion is like first kind of oh, right. up. Is we have, you know, Tiffany and Chucky cannot agree on the gender of their child. Uh, they both sort of uh, de debate it and uh, go back and forth. And uh, it's not, I mean, it's not played for laughs. It's like, there's a very like, you know, we talked to the last movie about like, uh, Mancini allows a lot more interiority to these uh, doll characters in these movies, even though they're sillier, the, their, their inner workings seem a little bit more serious. Um, but yeah, there's also there there's obviously this gender confusion element and uh Yeah, Len and the way they find out is because they take off his pants and he has like a typical what a doll has, just neutral, right. nothing. Which is right. yeah. yeah. You know, um this is why I wanted to come on the, the podcast episode as a trans woman. Um Yes. Uh yeah, so I I think it's a genuinely great uh, exploration of of gender identity, uh, much better than any like Oscar Beatty uh, movie uh, that 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 tries to tackle this this topic. I mean, because so we we so rarely get this kind of discussion of what gender roles actually are and like what your expression gender performs um, so usually like if it's talked about at all it's it's this kind of like tragic born in the wrong body narrative where this allows th this literalization of like glenn glinda not having <laughs> any genitalia so like what what most people think about how how gender is expressed is through genitalia okay you take that out of the equation what what is this person what is this doll feeling and he says that he you know they feel both uh you know there's two distinct uh sides of glenn and glenn. and um yeah, very funny i think um the the squabbles i think having Chucky be like somewhere between Al Bundy and Archie Bunker, like <laughs> just it 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 works so well for me. Like I I love I love that the comedy of of giving him interiority and like a domesticity, like him falling in love in, in Bride and him having a child that's very different from him in this movie. I think is such it's such a funny thing to do with this like totally cartoonish character before this, like it's, it's just this kind of like New Jersey accented 
demon from hell. And um, Brad Dourif is gives a great vocal performance throughout the series, but I think he's given so much more to do in these two movies. I think there, he has so much more comedy to play. Um, yeah, I love it. I um, I was thinking about, you know, we, we talked in, uh, in Bride about having a gay character where, uh, you know, there were, it wasn't like a punchline. There was just a character, he was gay. He talked about having an ex-boyfriend. Um, and that was such a rarity in, in horror in the late 90s. And I feel like here, you know, we have a character who uh, grappling with their gender identity and it's like a topic of discussion. And again, it's like, it's not a punchline. It's very central to the movie. And it's also like very consciously in conversation with uh, a history of, uh, you know, horror movies, slasher villains that we now consider to be transphobic, very, like the, the trope of, uh, you know, of Norman Bates. We talked about Dress to Kill of like all these movies where there's like a surprise reveal of uh, the killer as a man in a dress. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, working through that and also like doing it very sincerely amid the total chaos of this like, very campy, very silly, often very broad horror comedy, uh, which makes it more impressive. Yes. And the way Mancini describes it, he's like, it's another fun metaphor for me, like a really modern question to wonder about gender and sexuality. He thinks it's actually he thinks it's funny to deal with these issues in a movie where people won't expect it. Like, as you're saying, like via like dolls, the idea like Don Mancini gets such a kick out of. Uh, I'm going to make you care about the feelings of this doll. He just thinks it's hilarious that he can like manipulate the audience into doing that. And he is like positively giddy when he's talking about the scene where Glenn is dressed up as Glenda and like, you know, his murderous persona as if it's like dressed to kill or something. He loves that. And he thinks it's like the funniest thing on earth. Yeah. Um, I, and yeah, I, I, yeah, it is great. I love it too. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's totally in conversation with how trans or gender nonconforming people have been depicted in horror movies in the past. You know, it's very consciously parroting and playing off of the decades long history. Um, and, you know, like my point of view, uh, I, you know, I, I love Psycho, I love Silence of the Lambs. I think uh, I find horror to be such a, a, a more fruitful ground to, I, I think queerness, at, well, or, or like criminality as a metaphor for queerness makes so much sense in a society that criminalizes queerness. Like I think it's such a, it, it, it's such a fruitful, uh, place to, to talk about these, these uh, identities that are out, outlawed and, and, and outca made outcasts. Um, and so I find those, those, those movies that I know that we're supposed to find like problematic and awful, like to be actually moving explorations of, of those uh, topics. Um, I think there's a lot in you know the, the two movies that everybody mentioned, Psycho and Silence of the Lambs. Uh, and yeah, I think Seed is just a, a very uh, a very thoughtful and playful 
uh, continuation of those themes that that horror has has delved into in the past. And of course, like um, with Bride, obviously, with like the James Whale's exploration of like queer stuff in Bride of Frankenstein and Old Dark House. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's such a. Hey everybody, Brett here. Sorry about any instance in which there is missing audio, like this part. Uh, we just had some connection problems while we were recording, so we lost uh, a little bit of mostly things that Laura said. Sorry about that. Um, I, I just, I, I, just to echo what Laura was saying, I think that you know, there's a lot of conversation uh, about queer coded villains um and and just speaking in terms of like from a uh gay cis male perspective like obviously um i thought about this a lot because i love nightmare on elm street 2 uh which i think what's interesting there is like that movie was written with homophobic intent like it it was very much written to the horror there is the horror of realizing that you are uh gay and i you know, I love that movie and I think it's wonderful that it's been reclaimed. Uh, I feel like it's been reclaimed. And I think it's definitely like, you know, it's a little bit case by case. It's a little bit of like your your personal relationship with these movies and what you are willing to take from them. Um, but occasionally I think you, you, you do kind of have to kind of move it from the original context and sort of transpose it into... Uh, you know, your, your modern conception. Uh, I think with Seed, it's different because like it, it is not written with ill intent, which makes it like kind of more fun. It's actually written, uh, as you were saying, to sort of catch these uh, horror fans off guard. A lot of like uh, straight white cis men who probably are a little bit queer phobic or transphobic or homophobic. And many of them rejected it. And many of them like ended up getting lured into the story uh, by their devotion to Chucky. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, delightful in its own way, I guess. Um, Chucky basically promises, hi dog, hello. Um, Tiffany, you know, the, the doll says killing's bad and Chucky, or Tiffany realizes, you know, feeling parental responsibility for the first time, agrees with their son, or uh, agrees with Glenn. And uh, I keep calling it son of Chucky because that's what Don calls it for so long. But but like it's very vehemently not son of Chucky. It is seed of Chucky seed and of it Chucky. couldn't be more important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Tiffany agrees with Glenn and forces Chucky to agree to stop killing people for the sake of their son. Chucky agrees to do so, but he's crossing his fingers behind his back, uh, <laughs> which is, a, you know, the international sign of he's uh, doesn't care about this promise he's making. <laughs> I like we love that shot of Chucky crossing his hands because you know they had to like instead that was a separate arm that had his finger <laughs> his fingers crossed and they had to put it in the frame. Uh, Jennifer Tilly, meanwhile, so but we, have, we haven't really talked about Jennifer Tilly playing Jennifer Tilly. The idea here is that Don Mancini loved Jennifer Tilly's presence in bride so much and he hated that she was killed off so he's like how do we get jennifer tilly back in here and he's like oh how about you just play yourself and she was totally game and the first draft of the script was apparently even meaner than it is to her in terms of like making her this vapid movie star uh and they kind of they kind of softened it to make her likable but also kind of a bitch and i think they did an all right job of that but it's 
Go it's ahead. a tour de force. It's yes. a it's a tour de force performance. It's she's fucking I, great, man. All right, uh, she's so great. Yeah. Um, it's it's so much more. Um, uh, it, there there's so many more edges uh, to to uh, what she allows uh, this movie to portray her as than like I don't know the the like the extras kind of celebrity cameo kind of like, okay, they're like an obnoxious jerk, but like she portrays herself as having an eating problem and <laughs> not well-respected in Hollywood. And, and also of course, uh, willing to sleep for the role of the Virgin Mary. It's just <laughs> it's, it's a very dark uh, comedy that, that she seems totally game for. And um yeah, I think she's I think she's so wonderful in, in these movies. Yeah, we talked on Bride, uh, the Bride episode about how crucial her and Brad's chemistry is to that movie working. And I think that is just as true here. And uh, I'm not sure about her chemistry with Redman, who she keeps calling <laughs> Red. Oh, she but she's yeah, it. she's so funny in those scenes, calling him Redman insistently. The funny and- thing is they kept telling her even on the commentary you're doing it again. It's Redman. And it's just like, she, re- she really does that. And she couldn't stop herself from calling yeah, him Redman. Does, but she it's does hilarious. She does occasionally actually call him Redman. But most yeah. of the time, it's like 80% of the time it's Redman. I think it's also worth pointing out, because sort of following up on something we talked about the last episode, I was talking about how uh, Tilly's performances in the kind of three movies I know her from most, which are Bound, Bullets Over Broadway, and Bride of Chucky. She's, you know, obviously playing to a certain type and obviously recognizable in all three as Jennifer Tilly, but gives pretty three pretty different performances within that, like that wheelhouse. And here I didn't even think about this last time because I guess, because I hadn't rewatched seed yet. She's playing a second character in this series. Like she's played Tiffany as a doll and then Tiffany as in her human form. And it really doesn't register that much to me. And maybe I'm just like bowled over by the magic of the movies, but then Jennifer <laughs> Tilly in the beginning of this movie, I don't think, Oh, but that's just Tiffany from the beginning of Bride of Chucky. The everything about it, just she just plays it differently. Like the character feels very distinct from the other characters she plays, even when she's appearing on screen in Bride. So I think it's very, it's very like kind of, you know, uh, it's, it's not, <laughs> It doesn't immediately necessarily pop out. I was like, oh, that's really good acting. But it is really very good. She She's able to create a distinct character out of herself that's completely different from Tiffany, despite right. them both loving each other's voices. A wonderful detail that my wife and I repeated for, we, for years. We would be like, she has the voice of an angel thinking entirely of Tiffany uh, so, so in love with Jennifer Tilly's voice. And then I love even more, Jennifer Tilly later in the movie returns the compliment and is like, I was visited by my guardian angel. She had the most beautiful voice. <laughs> Just wonderful, wonderful details yeah. there. She was they so didn't clearly give her an Oscar for nothing is all I'm yeah. saying. Oscar nomination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Excuse me. She was Excuse so me. clearly undervalued after that Oscar nomination as being yes. like a yes. sex spot. Um, and they 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 bring it up in in these scenes with her where it's like, yeah, she would have fucking killed Aaron Brockovich. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. not like you can like think about like, oh, what what movies should Jennifer Tilly have been in? I, then it's like when they actually bring up these examples, you're like, oh my God, yeah. I mean, if you if you would have given her Aaron Brockovich, she would have made a meal out of it. Yeah. And um, she wasn't afforded those opportunities, but she was she was able to, to muck it up here. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, Don Mancini says everyone says that she deserves the Good Sport of the Year award for this movie. <laughs> and then he added, oh, and an Oscar. And, and then Jennifer <laughs> was like, okay, I heard the first part, but I don't. I haven't heard anybody doing any Oscar buzz about this role. But I, she is great. She's great. And also just like uh, to kind of, she is commenting a lot on expectations of her. She's commenting also on like the fact that Jennifer Till, the real Jennifer Tilly was nervous about doing a horror movie, was not sure if like that was good for her career. That meant she was washed up. So we get all of that too. And I feel like it's, there's something like, yeah, definitely she's being a good sport, but there also is like, and maybe I'm just, I hope this and I'm projecting it, something cathartic about her ability to kind of like comment on this stuff and um, be very in on the joke while also, also like cashing the checks. Like she's, you know, she has made a new career for herself in these movies and whether or not people thought that was a good idea or, you know, you know, properly reflected her talents, like whatever it is, like she's fully owning it here. Um, and I think like part of that, her willingness to do this whole plot line about which we should probably explain a little bit is that she uh, wants to play the Virgin Mary in uh, Redmond's uh, <laughs> Bible epic. Sorry, this whole thing reminds me of how my ex-boyfriend who was British used to make up shit to tell me that was like British culture. And then I would believe him because I'm really gullible. <laughs> and he had me convinced that in the UK, they call the character Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> and that's not true. Um, anyway. So Jennifer Tilly is trying to seduce Redman to get the role of, uh, of the Virgin Mary in, in his movie. And, um, I think that, I mean, that whole, like the whole joke of like, uh, basically like uh, having sex with, with, uh, with an actor or a director for a role uh, that she can send that up and, and do that so effectively speaks to her being a good sport and also her, her wanting to do this. And her like, it's not like, you know, Mancini is like, make, like just writing the script and she's like begrudgingly going along. She feels, you know, she, as you said, she ad libs a lot. She's very invested in these movies and the character of Tiffany and also the character of Jennifer Tilly. Um, so yeah, I love that she's game forward and I love that it lets her kind of talk about all of these things. So she steals bound too. I mean that movie would be nothing <laughs> without her. I mean she's yeah. I don't know. I love it, yeah. <laughs> I um, love Bound. I think she's wonderful. I think Joey oh, Pants is wonderful. She also uh, Joey P's amazing in that movie. She also sure. uh yeah. offers Redman a threesome with Gina Gershon, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh Jennifer Tilly says so she had lunch with Gina to warn her about that line. And then Gina was like, cool as a cucumber, like, no worries. And then she remembered that other line where she's talking later. She's like, uh, as the doll, I think, being like, oh, yeah, I'm watching uh, as the doll pretending to be Jennifer Tilly. So she's like, hey, I'm watching uh, Bound on TV. I'm about to yeah. finger Gina Gershon or something. <laughs> so, so she set up another lunch with Gina <laughs> to be like, hey, there's actually another scene. And it's a little worse. And Gina was cool with both of them. I but, can't imagine her having a problem with any of it. She seems like a very uh, chill person. Well, yes. once yeah. she was in Killer Joe, I was like, she's down for fucking anything. This <laughs> woman will do girls? anything. I mean, I mean yeah. I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. Anything <laughs> she's ever done. <laughs> After Showgirls, it's all kind of a wash. Yeah. Yeah. They they're, wanted... They're... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I actually didn't have a sentence. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was actually okay. just talking out of reflex. <laughs> I usually don't have a sentence either. Um, uh, basically, Don always wanted to cast a celebrity playing himself in the Red Man role, but he didn't know who it was going to be. They wanted to get a director 
So mm. like Jennifer Tilly name checks Peter Bogdanovich, Vincent Gallo, and Quentin oh, Tarantino. Vincent Gallo would have been so great. <laughs> it would have been would have been wild. A little yeah. different. Different energy than Red <laughs> yeah. Man. Um they he sent really Quentin... Oh yeah. They sent Quentin the script because they heard he liked Bride of Chucky a lot. And Mancini wrote a nice letter to him saying, I promise if you take the role, you can make out with Jennifer Tilly all day and I'll give oh, you a God. cool death scene at Chucky's hands. And he made sure to bring up that Pino Donaggio did the score because he thought that would be the thing that would get him. But, you know, through an emissary, he said no. But it's probably for uh, the best, frankly. Like, I think that. Yeah, he's not a great actor. Well, I just mean beyond that, like this movie would feel a lot more comfortable to watch, I think, with an actual director, especially one with a reputation to be doing this. Like it works because it's so absurd that Redman is making this Bible movie. Like, yes, it works better as a bit that way. If it were like like Quentin Tarantino or God, Vincent Gallo, like that's actually like really too unsettling for me. Like that's a line I don't feel like we need to cross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, already seeing like, Quentin Tarantino suck on Salma Hayek's feet, you know, um, is enough for me. I don't need any more of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vincent Gallo just has the comedy chops, especially at the at this time. <laughs> I just have I, you guys he, seen? But, yeah, have you? I was gonna say, have you guys seen Vincent Gallo's Comedy Central Half Hour? Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I just think of him in like like U.S. Go Home or these these Claire Denis movies where he really brings. Uh, yeah, I, I I hate him, but he's <laughs> I, I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, yeah. But yes, I, I am glad it's 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 just an actor getting to clearly have fun in a horror franchise. You know, yeah. the Wu Tang Clan have such a history with with movies um, and their movie love. It's 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 nice to see Red Man having fun here. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's such a they're they're kind of fulfilling that like. Like like Zeppo and the lover role that like Catherine Heigl and uh, and whoever that, the other guy <laughs> Nick, Nick <laughs> Seville, I think. Have looked up his name and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's Bride of Chucky is pretty like they know that they're the boring love people and um, romantic uh, vanilla. Uh, people in the center, and to just have like Jennifer Tilly and Redman playing themselves, and and the running gag of the uh, chauffeur is just it it to have another bit of comedy, to, so that when it's not just the dolls is uh is very lively and yeah. fun. Yes, and I think it's worth mentioning that even though we're talking a lot about Jennifer Tilly, this movie more than any other feels like the dolls are the leads. This is like purely Chucky, Tiffany, and Glenn get more screen time than anybody else. And I think that's an important detail, too. Um, keep going through the plot description here. You know, Jennifer's trying to get the role as the Virgin Mary, but he tells her she's not right for the part. And I think he said he cast Julia Roberts in the role. And uh, she invites him over to her house to try to win him over through, you know, uh, you know, sex scenes basically. Uh, Chucky and Tiffany make plans to transfer their souls into Redman and Jennifer. As Jennifer and Redman start to make love, Tiffany knocks them out and uses a turkey baster to inseminate Jennifer with Chucky's semen. Um, Chucky <laughs> takes Glenn. 
Did did we miss something? Like, is there? Well, there was, there's the whole. Sorry, did, I don't know if this is happening at the same time. I forget the exact chronology, but Chucky John takes. Uh, well, yeah, oh, Chucky Glenn takes on a car, his, car uh, his child on a on a on a ride to uh, do some murder, and uh, they kill Britney Spears, mm-hmm. um, kind of incidentally, and then there's, <laughs> the whole, there's an amazing John Waters death scene. John Waters playing a paparazzo. Uh, tab or is he a tabloid? Right, whatever he is, he's he's someone who's been like tailing Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, uh, oh, he snapped be- pictures of her with Redman, right? And also right. pictures of in sh- of the silhouette of Chucky jerking off. Right. So I guess we this must be this is after because we do. I forgot that we uh, while while uh, you know Tiffany's dealing with uh, Jennifer Tilly and Redman, Chucky is jerking off in a window. Uh, <laughs> Yes, as John Waters is snooping in like, the magazine. Yes, yes. <laughs> great joke where he's flipping through all the porno mags and decides to jerk off to like the uh, gross face makeup on the Fangoria cover. Uh, so yeah, after that, well, I mean, it's funny. Chucky jerks off. Everyone loves that. That's a it's a great moment. <laughs> I actually um, I feel like I'm done with less of that, but maybe I'm just the square. I was just I like for some reason I have no problem with weird sex anything, but like I don't think of Chucky as a sexual being, and these movies give me a lot of that sounds uh, like a personal problem. <laughs> this is a me thing. Um, maybe it's just trying to think the logistics of it confuse me. Like you know, at some point. Chucky grew a dick. We know that at some point Chucky developed the ability to procreate. Um, yeah, maybe the less that we think about it, the better, but instead we get uh, a turkey baster full of doll cum. Uh, <laughs> I think if part of the discomfort, I don't know, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe this is just my discomfort, uh, is that because as I've discussed before, besides Chucky being kind of a dumbass, he's also like the way he's kind of a dumbass increasingly in the later sequels is like to me reminiscent of like a 13 year old kind of dirtbag. And like, so there's, even though he's nominally an adult, there's just something kind of like icky and like, not exactly childlike, but there is something kind of well, teenager like. Yeah, there's very it. like it's a doll, so he looks like a little baby. Like yeah. there, there's um and 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 like is you know calls a little baby in in Bride of Chucky, and also like I think you're you're right that he's very much like has a 13 year old kind of vibe around uh, about him. Whereas like Tiffany, who's also like not the sharpest, who's also a doll, feels like an adult doll. Yes, yes. For whatever reason, like Chucky does feel a little bit childlike. Um, and maybe that's also because like Chucky in past movies we discussed, like couldn't tell that other dolls were not people. But, like, <laughs> has the weird, there's like an innocence about him despite yeah. being a serial killer in a doll's body um, that maybe juxtaposed with Chucky jerking off into a, into a cup is like weird for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think all of that stuff now like plays better for me now than it did when I first watched it because it's all part of this kind of uh, heightened uh, insanity that I now. <laughs> uh, Don Mancini spends a lot of time talking shit about the set that they had. He hates uh, Jennifer Tilly's bedroom. He thinks it's like horrible. And the production design, the set design, there just was no options in Romania. So like he like basically tried to use lighting to make that shit look interesting. But he knows that the movie's kind of stale looking when it's just stuck in in Jennifer Tilly's house. Um, 
there's a line Jennifer Tilly says about like a, my idea of hell is uh, being on Fear Factor or something. That was the original joke that they feel they felt like they had to update was my ideal of hell is on being on Hollywood squares sitting under Whoopi Goldberg. That's not fair to Whoopi. Yeah, very mean. Yeah, Glad yeah. they changed a career of TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean and, yeah. and post Chucky, it's like Jennifer Tilly's like most famous for like the poker championships, right? Like the celebrity right, yes. poker. Yes, yes. Um yeah, so that's kind of where she ends. I mean, it's much cooler because it's not like she's eating bugs. She's like really good at poker. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a skill that makes her more yeah. money. Yeah, yeah it, rules. Cool. it really, really rules. Again, Jennifer Tilly rules. Yeah, um, yeah this is a definitely a pro Tilly uh, podcast. Can you imagine uh, this- by Jennifer Tilly in any way, like, and admitting that publicly? Not on my yeah. watch. Couldn't be me. No way. Uh, so this where they're filming with this giant mansion at the end or whatever is uh, all on a soundstage. It's a very impressive, enormous set. And it's actually the second largest soundstage in all of Europe, second only to Pinewood, where they film James Bond stuff. So like odd that that was in Romania, but there it is. They talk about how cool that set was. Uh, Don Mancini says that whole thing with John Waters is his parody of Rear Window and Body Double, seeing all these insane going-ons. Um, oh, Jennifer Tilly also, I would be loath if I didn't mention that she talks about how she wears, she brings her own clothes to the set and like ends up wearing her own clothes. So when she has to have a stunt double do something, she goes, yeah, that's my, that's my Gucci coat that I got on sale for $2,000 and I had to give it to them for a day when I wasn't on set because they had to have my stunt double uh, wear it. And I always think that's really funny. But basically, as we mentioned, the guy takes pictures of all this going on. So Chucky and Glenn go on a car ride, killing Britney Spears on the way to go and kill the photographer who took the pictures. And Glenn actually tries to stop, tries to save him from getting killed by Chucky but in the pursuit of trying to save him, he bumps into a shelf, causing a jar of sulfuric acid to fall onto John uh, Waters' head, which gives him, you know, a horrifying face-based death. Uh, and Chucky, overjoyed with pride, believes Glenn did this on purpose, takes a picture to celebrate. And, uh, you know, Glenn hates this and Tiffany hates this. And I love it as a viewer. <laughs> yes, no, it's a great death scene. And uh, it's a little bit like, uh, it feels like Two-Face's origin in the Dark Knight. Like sim- similar effects yes. of like half a face melting. Yes. Um, but uh, I like it more in this uh, because <laughs> face melting is more fun in a horror context. He's got more gravitas than Aaron Eckhart, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, and it's not CGI. The CGI yeah. of the Dark Knight sucks. It looks, it yeah. looks like shit. This is done practically. There's like CGI flourishes on it when it's close up, but it's, yeah, it's practically done. And John Waters was, of course, walking around on set with that makeup around, freaking people out. Um, but John Waters is a noted huge fan of the Chucky movies. He has said publicly, I think, he always does the best movies of the year list. And in 98, I think his favorite movie was Chucky, uh, Bride of Chucky. So Mancini was thrilled to write it for him, and then they got him in. And I believe he called and said, I'll see you in Hungary. And he's like, no, uh, it's we're in Bucharest, not Budapest. And he's like, OK, I'll call you back. Hold on. And then 
he ended up agreeing to do it, but they there was a minute there where they thought they were going to lose him because they didn't want him to he didn't want to fly there or something. Oh. But he was uh, he was a, a he was great. He's great in it. He's wonderful in it. Yeah, I mean he ad libbed all of his paparazzi lines. Like I think he yells at Jennifer Tilly, "How how much do you weigh? The exact number." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really funny stuff. Yeah, I mean the, it's 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 self evident like what his you know appearance means in terms of the history of 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 him as an icon and of bad taste and 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 queerness. Um, so I'm not even gonna really. <laughs> I'll just allude to it. Well, yes. uh, it, it, they couldn't get Ed Wood because Ed Wood is was long dead. <laughs> long uh, dead. Yeah. Feel like you know John Waters is doing a very different thing than Ed Wood did, but also like. It's it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of homages to a history of horror, of queer cinema, of queer horror, uh, all of which kind of uh, Don Mancini is is well well aware of. There's uh, a lot of John Waters connections to Child's Play. Let me list them. Justin Whalen, who plays Andy in Child's Play three, he was in Serial Mom, uh, and uh, Tony Gardner, the puppeteer on Seed was also the the special effects guy on A Dirty Shame, which Don Mancini credits as, yeah, he made Selma Blair's fake tits. Mm, on those were the huge. Movie, those were very a Dirty big. Shame. Yeah, very big. So <laughs> there's a lot of connections to Waters on here that you know help explain how he actually ended up in it. Um, so basically the next day, Jennifer wakes up to find herself with a fully pregnant belly, which is like explained away with voodoo magic, making her pregnant immediately. Uh, Chucky attacks and then captures Jennifer uh, while I believe she's on the phone. Is that right? She's on the phone with like Hannah. Is that when Tiffany's on the phone with her? Or is yeah, that she, she gets on the line. Uh, doesn't she? Yeah. And then while Chucky's attacking her, she's sort of just confusing the issue by pretending to be Jennifer. A plan oh, that's right. That is characteristically oh. confusing. Right. Um, but, you know, it seems to get the job done. We, we, uh, I, the night, we missed the night before that, uh, that Tiffany eviscerated Redman. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Is, How could I his forget? His intestines were steaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, so thought he, she thinks he's the, fa- uh, well, the father. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Tilly thinks. Yes, Jennifer Tilly thinks he's the father, but obviously that's not the case. Because he's uh, got a vasectomy yeah, t- right. before he moved to Hollywood. <laughs> right. <laughs> because yes. he never is... wanted to be caught in a baby daddy situation. Very smart. <laughs> very smart man. Uh, but yeah, Tiffany's eviscerating of Red Man is one of the gru- most gruesome kills in these movies. His steaming intestines, as we referred to earlier. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Next day, Jennifer wakes up pregnant. Uh, her chauffeur Stan, who is kind of uh, her lover, also uh, basically they done is the now. Deed. Yeah, they haven't done the deed yet, but he's going to serve as Chucky's replacement body because Redman's now dead. So the idea is now that Tiffany will transfer into uh, Jennifer Tilly's pregnant body, and then the baby can be uh, Glenn or Glenda, and Chucky can be this fucking chauffeur. Uh, Jennifer's assistant Joan tries to help her, but she ends up getting killed by you think it's tiffany but it's actually glenn in drag as glenda Glenda. it's glenda it's glenda Glenda. excuse me pardon that was insensitive they are it is glenda personas and that is glenda doing that yes so glenda kills uh the member of s club seven that's in this movie 
What? Uh, isn't is that, that her? Is yeah, that? Hannah Sparrett. That's that's okay. an original member of S Club Seven. That's funny because uh, she. I had the vibe. I, I the vibes I got off her. I was like, was she like that girl Jama something who was on the Real World or something like you know someone? I from, thought she, she, she was a reality baby, show. I thought she was Baby Spice for a while. Oh no, I mean, <laughs> no there's no mis- there's no mistake in that about Baby Spice. Um, but I did I did have the the kind of even though it's not like she's a, she doesn't give a bad performance. I just the vague familiarity combined with having no idea who she was made me think that she was some kind of reality TV performer who didn't really make it in movies. Anyway, that explains well, it. Well, that's kind of right. Isn't it? That was, yeah, S Club 7 was a reality show m- music thing, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, I thought it was just a girl. I think it's just a girl group. Was it? Oh, I no, have no it was, idea. It was, just a, it was just a girl group created by the same guy who made the Spice Girls. Yeah, that's right. I, I watched whatever stuff they had on TV at the time that involved them. I don't know if it was just music videos. It probably was. Um, but anyway, she gets killed. Doesn't she get like pushed? Does she get set in fire and like she gets set on fire, fire and then falls down the falls falls off the to the second to the bottom falls a story basically after being yes. set on fire. Tiffany discovers this and smacks Glenda to bring Glenn back, who is horrified at what has happened. Do you do any? Do you want to talk about the Glenda reveal, Laura? Well, it's it's what we were talking about before. It's like yeah. it's like clearly in conversation with 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 Psycho in particular. Um, yeah, no, I you know it it's you can say it's in in bad taste and 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 continuing a a, a hurtful stereotype. I I just think that it it is it, it's working with the iconography uh that the genre has explored before and uh yeah i love it i think it's great (laughs) something i think is cool about this that no didn't really notice the first time and notice more the second time is that compared to you know movies where they have that kind of reveal and often maybe not always but often those movies i feel like it ends up being tied to you know buffalo bill wherever it's tied to like a childhood abuse Mm -hmm. and in here i really like the notion that whatever he's experiencing, which is not necessarily not his, that, that obviously not his, uh, like his actual gender dysphoria or, or confusing or not whatever it is, like it's, it's not coded as really negative necessarily, but what is causing him the most stress in the movie is the like very gendered expectations both parents are pressing upon him, you know, in terms of both of them having a very clear feeling like, and it's, you know, it's kind of, coded in like 1950s housewifey kind of terms where it's like the dad wants a son and the and the wife wants a daughter but and it's you know it's not couched in like no exactly in like no set of mine is going to do this or no daughter of mine but it is like they're they're using like very kind of silly outdated like gender stereotypes about like you know she wants a beautiful daughter and he wants a a son who can do what he does um, but the way that kind of plays out as being so damaging to him, I think is so interesting. And we, you know, it, it like kind of takes away the idea of like, Oh, well you have to be really damaged and abused to, to not, you know, to, to have this kind of, uh, uh not that they're not being <laughs> terrible to him, but it's not, you know, it's kind of more recognizable kind of everyday expectations than like him being really, really, you know, physically abused by them or anything like that. Right. No, it's, it, it's what does gender mean? to you what does gender mean to your parents what does it mean if your parents are chucky and tiffany um (laughs) you know it's it's a different kind of thing like uh what's what's what there's the the comedy of it is that you know uh 
Glenn is a peaceful little lamb. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Chucky's trying to uh, bond with him as father and son through, through violence when, um, you know, it's, it's Glenda that he's more able, uh, that, that she's more able to express her uh, killer traits that her hereditary, um, uh, you know, uh, her, her namesake, you know, as, right. as the, as the child, you know, it, it's not in drag, you know, she doesn't have genitalia. Like when she's Glenda, she's Glenda. When she's, yeah. when, when he's Glenn, he's Glenn. And, um, and the kind of like, the expectation that Glenn would be the violent one because he's a male is it, it just shows like what they think those gender roles should be. But you know, eventually Glenn gets his 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 kill. <laughs> I, I think what's interesting here too is that like obviously the Glenda reveal is a surprising moment because you think she's Tiffany and it's not Tiffany, it's Glenda. Um, but it's not like sleepaway camp, right? Where like, this is just the final shot and it's designed to shock you because, uh, Glenn slash Glenda's like, uh, gender identity has been the subject of the movie up to this point. So it's like, it, it's been a topic of discussion. It's not so much done just, uh, for shock value. It's like, there's, this is the plot was actually leading us here. And, uh, you know, Glenda, uh, killing the assistant is like kind of the logical next step in the plot. It's not simply um, something that is thrown in the last frame. I just keep thinking about Sleepaway Camp because that's another example yeah. we haven't mentioned that uh, is obviously notorious totally. for the same reasons. Um, so yeah, I think it's like it's it, it it plays into that while also like laying the groundwork for it in a way that makes it feel less uh, like it's commenting on the offensive trope, but has more to say about it. Right. And I want to, and, and like Tiffany want, like oh. to docile. Yeah, sorry, Laura, you okay. froze for a second there, okay. but you're back now. If you can start that I'm back. Point. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Tiffany, Tiffany grabbing onto Glenn's docile nature as like her way of trying to, you know, start again as a normal family uh and and so she she takes that that kind of passiveness as as an expression of Glenn's femininity when in actuality you know Glenda's actual feminine side is is much more uh treacherous and murderous and and uh you know a a, a total cartoon uh cackling villain much like her father um yeah, uh, it's it's very well played. Yeah, what what you know the parents both want out of what what does having a son or daughter mean to each person? And uh, yes, which is definitely a sentiment you don't expect to see in a movie with killer dolls. You know, right, right. And Glenn Glenda subverts both of their parents' expectations for what those gender roles would be. Um, so, you know, either, either way, um, they're disappointing their parents, you know, in, in, in what they expect, uh, th those specific gender expressions will lead to. Um, right. 
Yeah. I, I think the mess the message of of that no matter what you do or how you present yourself, you'll disappoint your parents feels like a great uh message that makes the movie I feel extra queer. There's mm-hmm. just the element of like uh you know, you will in some ways in terms of your gender identity or or what you do with your life, uh find a way to make your parents feel bad uh because they <laughs> We don't know how to embrace you and, and meet you where you are. Um, but I feel like we do, as we get into the climax here, like there is, there's like real pathos. And I feel like, you know, for her part, Tiffany does learn to uh, love Glenn Glenda and like respect Glenn Glenda for who they are. Uh, I don't know if Chucky quite gets there, but uh, you know, He's not really given a chance to, I guess. Well, yeah, there's there's that. And also, like, I don't know if I would expect. I don't think he would have. Yeah. Like, he's the most know. evolved person. Uh, he's, he's like, he's less overtly racist in this one than in Child's mm-hmm. Play 3. Uh, he doesn't have any they should weird... do They should do, like, the 2019 Shaft, but it's 2019 Chucky. And he just is angry <laughs> about, like, avocado toast and shit. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it, it, Lewis, he's not as racist, but when he says... He, I feel like it comes up briefly that he could maybe yes. go into Red Man's body, and he like says it with a, I with a certain a way. Or yeah, it's not as bad as, as Child's Play Three, but there is a little like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I get, yeah. Chucky's not a role model, so it, it it makes sense that this this yeah. Dwight Trash from Jersey would be Chucky racist. Chucky can but... be a little racist. Yeah, <laughs> let Chucky be racist. I'm holding my let Chucky be racist sign this time. Well, Ch- and Chucky's on his own identity journey in this yes. movie. Like, as, yes. like, what it means to be this father yes. figure. And exactly. It, right. And, and does he even want uh, 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 to transition to yes. a, a human body like yeah you know, it, that's a big point we'll, we'll go through the plot basically jennifer oh. gives birth to twins a boy and a girl and then right. chucky has this epiphany where after you know years of being this infamous killer doll that has gained notoriety he finally accepts himself in his own skin as you could say and now he is comfortable as chucky the doll i don't want to be your fucking chauffeur right. i am chucky Whatever. What does he say? He has that iconic line. It's like I'm the I'm I, a killer I, doll, I, and I dig it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a killer doll, and I dig it. And like He's lightning, like, I like I like bumming rides. <laughs> That's we, what I mean. yes, yeah. We love to see self acceptance <laughs> on screen, and yeah, there it 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 really does feel like a culmination of the these last two movies. Yeah. Where... Yes, and Chucky has spent the whole franchise trying to transfer his soul to a body. Right. So the fact that he's having this big reveal is actually like a huge, as plot concern, like a big right. moment. And in the two DTV movies, he he never tries to to go back. He never tries to 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 swap bodies again. So that is something that Mancini like keeps. He's past that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like. It is very much like uh, I, I like the way you're talking about it as as a transition. I, I think like that's very intentional and like it's interesting because I never think of Chucky as even though the movies themselves are very queer to me. Like Chucky, the character, maybe because he's this like you know Brad Dourif uh, serial killer character, like doesn't read queer in the same way that like Freddy Krueger does or mm-hmm. like you know even Jason and Michael do to some extent, like there's, there's not Chucky feels different to me, but this movie 
gives him that arc and allows uh, for, especially in the context of everything else happening, a moment that feels like very intentionally queer. Uh, and they got there organically, which is which is amazing. Like Don Mancini, like built this up over the course of several movies. And uh, yeah, and then also, as you're saying, from a plot perspective, it's really helpful that uh, the Chucky is finally like, I don't actually want to be a person, um, which makes a lot of sense because he's done a lot of great work as a killer doll. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, yeah. he's a killer doll. He's, I mean, he's notorious as a killer doll. He's the of the closet. He's, oh, he's sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's uh he's he's notorious and uh and he uh yeah he still he has a good life. He still kills people. He still fucks. He still drinks. You know, he's not he's, he smokes weed. He's not missing out on on humanity by being a killer doll. Right. As Jesse said, all they're missing is like they need to hire a driver, like a permanent driver, and then and then then he's killing it. Yeah. Um, basically, I just to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just I love the reveal that he's keeping all these dead bodies in the closet, that there's like this whole other movie going on yes. where he's just been killing people left and right <laughs> that we, we haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's so funny. That's really good. Yeah. Also, that is wonderful. Disgusted at Chucky's revelation, Tiffany rejects him and decides to take Glenn with her. Enraged, Chucky throws a knife at Jennifer to stop Tiffany transferring her soul into her body and leaving him. But the chauffeur jumps in the way to save her and tells Jennifer he loves her before dying. The police arrive, forcing the dolls to flee. Jennifer is rushed to the hospital but claims she wants to see her babies. Tiffany drugs Jennifer and begins to possess her. But Chucky breaks in and kills Tiffany with an axe. Before Tiffany dies, she tells Glenn not to make the same mistakes she and Chucky have. Devastated, Glenn snaps and challenges Chucky to a fight with like kung fu flair. It's kind of a strange moment. Um, <laughs> well, he well, always thought in Japan. Right. Yeah. He always thought he was Japanese. I, uh, I yeah. do like <laughs> it. Skirts the boundaries of good taste slightly, but I really enjoy when he's first revealing himself. This is way back earlier when he's revealing that himself as their as their kid. Um, when when Glenn Glenda is revealing themselves, he they uh, do the wrist. Uh, made, made in, in Japan. Japan, and there's this yeah. hilariously like terrible on purpose music sting of like yep. Japanese music, and then they do it several more times when to, to the matching that's, ones for for Chucky. That's why you hire Pino Dinaggio <laughs> as your composer. Well, yeah, you, no, package. I think Glenn Glenda has real respect for their Japanese identity. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's like, not really yeah. like studied and like. You know, there's it's it thankfully doesn't go too far in that direction because I it really is on the line, but I feel like it could have been way worse, and I think it does hold up in a way that's not Um, horrifying. Yeah, I I also think that it's like very funny that there's been this like made in Japan, uh, like stamp prominently placed on the doll's arms that we've never seen until now. That (laughs) is just like obviously very convenient for the plot of this movie. I don't mind at all, it's not a plot hole, it's just like a you know. There, Dominic is allowed to rewrite the rules whenever he wants, mm-hmm. um, but I do love that it just shows up randomly and is like yeah. key to everything. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer passes Chucky's axe to Glenn, and Glenn impales Chucky. Glenn, uh, Chucky assumes it's Glenda again, but Glenn reveals it is actually him, finally able to kill uh, as Glenn in revenge for his mother's death. Chucky is like elated and congratulating Glenn <laughs> as he gets. 
delimbed and beheaded. <laughs> it is the most gruesome Chucky death, I think, yet, despite everyone being gruesome. But, like, we see each limb get cut off and the head get cut off, and it's the classic, like, body horror Chucky stuff. I think it's not as, yeah, I think what Lewis might be about to say is that it's it's maybe the bloodiest, but it's not quite as gruesome as his getting, getting inflated and blown apart. Yeah, and, uh, I guess two is, like, very over the top. He falls into a giant fan. <laughs> he like has part of his face sliced off before that. I think, like as I've said, I really love uh, how much these movies like destroy Chucky every time. And I think this one is like especially satisfying because you really want Chucky's kid to uh, chop his limbs off because Chucky yeah. sucks. Like he's yeah. he's, big, he's a bad father, and uh, yeah. Uh, realizing what he had done, Glenn suffers an emotional breakdown as Jennifer comforts him. Then we cut to five years later at a birthday party for Jennifer's twin children. Uh, and we basically, a nanny's quitting her job because the little Glenda girl is horrifying and scares her and does terrible things. So Jennifer lets the nanny quit, only to beat her to death with the Tiffany doll. Jennifer's eyes glow green, revealing that Tiffany was successful and has transferred her soul into Jennifer's body. Jennifer's body, huh? What? Uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, so Tiffany is now in Jennifer Tilly, the character's body. Uh, Glenn has one more birthday present to open from an anonymous source. Uh, when he opens it, Chucky's severed arm is inside, and uh, we hear Chucky laugh, which is confusing because it's just his arm <laughs> that is grabbing at the boy at the end. It's more like Chucky's laughing from hell, <laughs> yes. or wherever he goes when he's in between coming back. <laughs> Something I have to mention now because I forgot to mention when we talked about Child's Play 2. I think it was 2 because I think that one was in 1990. And that one had the Universal logo that was like a montage of every Universal yes, logo. Yes, that logo, I can tell I'm pretty, I'm like 85% sure that logo debuted in May of 1990 with uh, Back to the Future Part 3. I definitely, that is when I first saw it, but like, I don't know if they might, maybe earlier in 90, they, they, they rolled it out. But I think Back to the Future Part 3 was their big, their first big movie of the year. So they rolled it out for that. It only survived for uh, that year. And then after that, the end of that logo, like the where, where it winds up, was the yes. shortened version. Even that logo did not stick around uh, until, it only stuck around until 1997 when they replaced it with a much more garish and hideous version that lasted for decades. And, that I <laughs> and now it's even like shinier and chromier. I like the chromier one more, at least, than that 97 to 2000 whenever logo that debuted in front of Lost World. Anyway, sorry, that's just universal logo arcana. No. But I bet what you're getting at is the logo in front of Seed of Chucky. Yeah, I just had to mention this is a rogue picture, which was an American <laughs> independent production company founded in 97. Uh, it was owned by Polygram from 97 to 90, uh, 99 when Universal acquired it until its original defunct year of 2000. In 2004... Rogue was revived by Focus Features, right. which retained the studio in 2009 when it was acquired by Relativity. So this era, uh, this era at Focus is honestly pretty iconic to me. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, right? Is, is yeah, Rogue? it starts with Shaun of the Dead, which is like a, two months before Seed, which, right. by the way, I saw at the same movie theater in Niles, Illinois, with my mom. And my mom and oh. I really enjoyed <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. That's um, a good movie. It was. Uh, which is, it was always cool when like a, that movie like definitely was a rare quote unquote foreign film that broke through like, mm -hmm. and got a release in like, you know, American theaters in Skokie, Illinois. So like I saw Shaun of the Dead in theaters and there's another one. Oh, High Tension, oddly, which High Tension was dubbed in English. 
which oh. was a horrible choice. But I saw it in theaters with my dad, which that is a horror. That, speaking of horrible movies to see with my dad, <laughs> that might be my number one, actually. We were talking about last week. It might actually be high tension. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Focus Features Rogue put out Shaun of the Dead, Seed of Chucky, the Assault on Precinct 13 remake, which is better than it has any right to be, but of course has nothing, nothing on the Carpenter original from 2005. Uh, Unleashed, that Jet Good Li... Bob yeah. Hoskins movie. Uh, yeah, Love that movie. Dog. Yeah, yeah Danny the Dog. Movie. Yeah, Danny movie. the Dog. 2005 as well. Uh, the, the same year, 2005, they also did Cry Wolf, which was a bad horror movie that I think was like the whole thing was like text or internet internet message based. Oh, it, was no. like, it was really silly. That was a bad one. They also did Dave Chappelle's Block Party, Waist Deep. Rogue? Uh, Dave Chappelle's yeah. Block Party. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Waste Deep, which I also <laughs> liked at the time with Tyrese. Uh, Fearless, which we mentioned on the other day because he... Another uh, Ronnie Yu, Ron, yeah. Another Ronnie Yu film, uh, who directed, of course, Bride of Chucky. They also did The Return, which is the horror movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar that I don't think anybody remembers. Lewis, do you remember this? No, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, Altered, a movie I don't remember. The Hitcher remake, which wasn't very good, but it had Sophia Bush... And Sean Bean, I remember that. Hot Fuzz, of course, another Edgar Wright. Uh, Balls of Fury, Doomsday, and the final one under focus was The Strangers. So honestly, that run has a few clinkers in it. But overall, I like most of those movies. So I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rogue. It's Rogue is like in that era, you know, that was a title card I, I liked. And like I was like, ooh, I'm going to like this mm -hmm. movie. And they uh, continued and at least a little bit under Relativity because they did yeah. make MacGruber and A Perfect Getaway, both of which I like a lot. Oh, those, yeah. are great, those are two great movies. Yeah, And they made some good horror. They did uh, The Unborn, which is not a good horror, but they did... That's a David S. Goyer movie. It's very bad. Uh, the Last House on the Left remake, which I think is one of the better remakes of you know a classic horror movie. Uh, they also did Fighting with Channing Tatum, of course. And the catfish, the movie, the documentary, Wes Craven's My Soul to Take, Skyline, Season <laughs> of the Witch. About that Craven. Yeah. People, you hear good things about which one? The, the Craven one. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I never saw that one. I never saw that one. Um, yeah. I didn't love it, but I'd be, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, it, is, it was on HBO Max for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, Season of the Witch, the uh, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Ron Cage. Perlman movie. Take yeah. Me Home Tonight, a teen comedy that I actually like embarrassingly <laughs> that's like set in the 80s uh mm -hmm. limitless shark night movie 43 and uh oh, something called the disappointment yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the that's disappointments room with uh, oh DJ yeah that's, I, I i reviewed that uh it's weird that's a weird one because it's like several years after rogue was yes. not making movies uh this movie trickled in the theater it is a horror movie uh with kate beckinsale it's not very good but it's, you know, I mean, it was written it, by <laughs> Wentworth Miller, the star yes. of uh, Prison Break. It's not as uh, good as Stoker as far as movies written by Rent Wentworth Miller go. And Rogue has one movie as an independent company from 2018, and it's The Strangers 2, The Strangers right. Pray at Night. So I just had Which, to mention Rogue. And I had fans to... as well, right? I, yes. I, I thought, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Lewis uh, Pullman. What? I like Lewis Pullman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? 
uh, Rogue Pictures, I had to mention it. I had to mention the Universal logo because I really thought the Universal logo before the one from 90 was a really cool variation, cool variant that you get to see all the eras and it still isn't like over long. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And I love that by the time Chucky 3 came out, nine months later, that logo was already gone, as Jesse <laughs> mentioned. Um, I don't know if... Oh, here's the detail about why the movie was like shelved. So production on a movie called Son of Chucky began two days after the successful release of Bride of Chucky. Uh, Ronnie Yu was unable to return. Don Mancini uh, decided to write a screenplay inspired by Glenn or Glenda, in which Chucky's son is an innocent person suffering from gender dysmorphia. Uh, he also decided to continue the shift the series towards comedy. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Can we talk Universal... about Glenn or Glenda a little bit? Yeah, please. I don't know. I feel like uh, you could say more about it than I could. Sure. I have I mean, not seen it. It's an interesting movie. It it's, It is widely uh, considered one of the worst ever made, but it has become a cult I, movie due to its low budget yeah, I, and whatnot. I, I think it's, you know, whether I, I, those those kind of um, hyperbole is, is so unfair to... Oh, for sure. To, I'm just... To, people <laughs> who know Ed Wood, you know, right. that's the type of hyperbole that gets thrown around about all of this stuff. Right. Uh, but it's, but it's, it's an important a, film. It's such a distinct expression of queerness through this this this, uh, this person who is, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, diagnose them or identify uh, them, but, you know, uh, the way a lot of that movie is set up as kind of like an educational it's it's a bizarre mix of like education film and then like also like ed wood's own like uh what he considered transvesticism and right. like and like trying to make people understand like it, 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 it it's it's talking to the straights in a lot of ways it, it, it he's 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 trying to appeal to them is just like look i'm i'm straight i love women i just like to wear women's clothing and but then like all those those appeal those appeals are just kind of like he can't help but let his freaky side shine through what whether it's like through like bela lugosi as this like scientist narrator and like just like 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 if he wanted to make uh you know, like uh, uh, a PSA about gender non-conforming people, you know, he wouldn't include footage of bison running for no reason. And just like, it, it just, it, it's this wonderful mishmash of, of tones and genuine expression. And uh, yeah. It's 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 not a great movie, but it's 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 certainly more interesting than than most. And it inspired right. Seed of Chucky, so really, you know, if it had just done that, it would be enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very important text. Uh, so that movie was, you know, put in. The, it was supposed to happen right after Bride was huge, but then Columbine happened, and what happened is they put the kibosh on anything that was like violent. And also, like, could have a child element. Like, you know, kids like dolls. Uh, therefore, a killer doll movie right now is a no-go. So that's why it took so long to happen. And at that same time, Universal was going to make Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. But they gave it away. And uh, ended up, you know, that movie, I think, is at Lionsgate. So, like, anything squeamish, they just, like, 
put on the you know back burner for a while, which I think is fascinating. I, I feel um, like Rob Zombie's The Munsters is going to be a lot like Seed of Chucky. I feel like <laughs> that, you know, his we can only domestic, hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 Munster, uh, what's his name? Eddie Munster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Munster yelling about his wife's flappy ass tits. It's a Halloween. Herman's the father. Yeah. Eddie's the child. Yes. I used to watch the Munsters. That was like a show that my family watched when I was a kid on like TV land reruns or whatever. Um, uh, the note, there's a, there's a note on Wikipedia that actually links to Lewis Peitzman's oral history. Oh, wow. Of, yeah, it's it's the 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 note that he got when he turned in the movie and Universal said this oh, is too gay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, so and that's I, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier that's why like the psych Chucky goes psycho pitch also happened. But I'm glad it's it's a it's amazing that this movie got made at all the way it got made. It's amazing that it is like this statement that Don Mancini wanted to make. It's the movie he wanted to make. He, had, he you know, he had to make it in fucking Romania and cheaply, uh, but he got it done. And I think it's really great. Um, I think it's held up very well. Uh, I don't have anything more to say about seed. I think seed is a wonderful movie. I think it's a great Chucky movie. And I think it's a great, like unique horror movie that's doing something that has something to say and it's you know you don't get those too often so i'm a big fan of this one uh lewis is this your favorite one no uh it's up there i don't know i probably would go to bride because yeah i just i just think uh bride i don't know i i i, I love them all you know i'm I, yeah that's where i'm at i haven't thought about I it keep enough changing my them. opinion and i love them all for different reasons so it's actually really hard to like rank these uh the way that i would other uh slasher series because they are also distinct and they're so great for different reasons and like i think while bride and and seed are very much like a pair uh they're very different and uh yeah i don't want to choose between my children so i'll just say that they're both wonderful for sure laura this is definitely your favorite one you meant yeah, I think I, you gave it five stars on Letterboxd, which yeah, my I, God, I just the I implications. Have a, <laughs> I had such a fun time with it. I think it. I think it takes the things that work with Bride, and really take it to its like logical conclusion in terms of like again the domesticity of Chucky and the comedy of that, and and the queer themes that were like on the edges of Bride. It really it really goes all out. And again, it's this like. Honestly, my favorite Hollywood representation of of gender <laughs> issues. Like, it's just it's it's so playful and fun, and I it, I I think it's I think it's love. I I can do a quick ranking. I I I I I I got seed at at number one with a bullet, and then bride and cult, and then which are both very good. And curse is fun, and then it's to the remake. One and three Ooh. at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I like that. I think it's how we all feel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three is yeah. the weakest, but I do really enjoy all of them, and like it's still a three star movie for me. Um, I think it's worth noting that Seed of Chucky, you know, the common consensus is it did very badly, but like when you consider that it cost ten million dollars with that tax rebate, it made like twenty five, which is like respectable. But the only issue is you go back to Bride and it's like Bride made 50. 
Uh, so like it's diminishing returns, which is, explains why this franchise goes DTV, which is well, a not bummer. So long. He really like was right. None of these, none of these movies. Did, I mean, Bride did did quite well. I think it did the best since the first one, but none of them were like, and the first one did quite well, but like these were not. You know, these I don't think these ever really reached Nightmare on Elm Street levels where yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street at its peak. They they were doing like, you know, numbers equivalent to like, you know, the second tier of Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. And then it, when it bumps down a little bit for the sequels that didn't do as well, then it, you're at an even lower tier than that. So, yeah, it's like these movies are cheap to make and, and they see, they must have done well on video and they must have done well in ancillary stuff. So it does seem like at the time they seem like. Oh yeah, these are flops that people are less interested in. But I don't know this this movie stuck around, and I imagine it, it maybe eventually turned a profit because it was not not an expensive movie to make. Right. Oh, we yeah. we didn't mention Billy Boyd at all. Oh I think God, you're right. Thank you does, so much. Yeah, he Billy does a really Boyd, good job. Yeah, Billy Boyd is the voice of uh, Glenn Glenda, and if you don't know who Billy Boyd is, you probably recognize his voice because he's Pippin from Lord of the Rings, and he's a, a very Scottish person uh very extremely scottish extremely <laughs> scottish just like uh, just like i just mean his very distinctive voice and i think uh mancini basically was watching lord of the rings three and uh pippin was singing something and he goes that's it that's glenn right there and he like knew it so i think it's great that he pursued and got billy boyd and thank you laura for bringing it up billy boyd's a big listener of the show so he will <laughs> so uh, he was pretty mad that. the whole episode the yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been sitting here. Uh, well, Laura, do you have anything to plug? Sure. Um, yeah, I host my own podcast, Only the Best for Laura Jacobus. We go through the Sight and Sound 2012 list uh, of 250 greatest movies of all time with uh, comedians who uh, would usually never watch these kind of movies. Uh, it's a fun podcast, I think, at least. Uh, you know, because this is the only episode I'm on in the series. If Brad Dourif is listening, you can call me. I have a huge crush on you. Definitely one of <laughs> my favorite character actors. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's also listening. You're we have yeah. <laughs> most of the cast of these movies listen. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean him as Doc Haywood in in Deadwood, like really gets my heart going in a way that 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 few uh, characters usually do. Um, and Brad I, I was really... working on Deadwood right like right after working on this, so like they couldn't get him back for some ADR stuff. He had to like send mm. it in. So, yeah. God. Deadwood connection. <laughs> uh, what, a, so... what a fantastic career. I yeah, I I adore Brad Dourif so much. Me too. He is definitely an icon. So check out Only the Best with Laura Jacobus. Uh four. Jesse. Four. 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 Yes. Distinction. Me. Pardon me. Thank you. Uh Jesse sportsalcohol.com and yes. you just wrote a review for the av club yeah of uh of the jungle cruise <laughs> um but uh, you can also i'll have something about the suicide squad like this is all the future actually all these things will be by, by the time this comes out it'll yeah it'll who knows yeah what we'll have all seen it but yes. what did you think of suicide squad because in the past here we're all curious <laughs> in the past we are all curious uh i liked it a lot but i you know, I like. Carl is it the R-rated trauma movie? I've been, I've been warned. It's like I'll, uh, <laughs> my my quip about it is that uh, it proves that the Marvel formula can work for DC in the sense that uh, that bullshit about oh this is a war movie, not it's like it's dumb. 
<laughs> um, yeah. and it's oh, just this a, it's is a, a blank mixed with blank. Yeah. yeah this movie's yeah, actually like all the president's men or whatever. Yeah, the fuck. yeah. It's it's yeah, this is really apocalypse now, whatever. It's the fucking it's the fucking suicide squad is what it is. Um and on that <laughs> level, it's it's good. I mean, like it's it has a nice look to it. I would if you're gonna go see it, I would say see it in IMAX because it looks real nice and with shot yeah, with IMAX cameras. It, Yes, I have a it's ticket cool. for the Friday that's, that's morning. Fine. It comes out. And uh, future Brett will tell you what he thinks of it. <laughs> uh, for now, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash the new flesh podcast. Uh, all the Chucky episodes. Well, this doesn't. Uh, yeah, all the Chucky episodes will be there early. So if you're still, you know, chomping at the bit for curse or cult, it'll be there already. Uh and we'll also have bonus episodes. I actually went and saw Snake Eyes, Jesse. So if you want to talk about Ooh, it, we yeah, can. Let's do it. Because I'm, I'm mad at I'm mad at you. That movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Snake Eyes, yeah, it's Origins. It was yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the Brian De Palma. Not, which is not, not the fine Brian De Palma movie. <laughs> fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Before Jesse and I get into a full-out brawl, <laughs> I am gonna. I, like, end... well, I feel like fine is above the <laughs> reputation for Brian De Palma. Snake Eyes. Not among De Palma heads. <laughs> <laughs> we love snake eyes um uh yeah so give us five stars on itunes early episodes up on patreon as well as bonus content where jesse and i yell at each other about if gi joe's worth not even my <laughs> money but like my two hours because um, it, it was basically free uh all right uh thanks for listening to the new flesh podcast i didn't mention up top it's a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related <laughs> oh, to the horror lifestyle. That, that makes, makes more sense, sense now. Checks yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Which today, the horror lifestyle means forgetting to say the intro to your podcast up top. All right. <laughs> bye. I've learned that death is not the end of the new flesh. Mom, the new flesh. Hoping you'd be back.